Hi, everybody, and welcome to El Camino People, the podcast. With this new episode, we have an incredible pilgrim with an incredible adventure, you know, and with a different point of view from the Camino. That's the beauty of the Camino, that it's all about the people, it's all about different experience, and we hope that this new story can encourage some of you to go and walk the Camino. So let me introduce you to my friend now, Matea. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for such a, I'm like, all of these things happening, and tell us a little bit, where are you now, and why are you there? Hi, Jose, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're calling me in Mexico, where I am meeting up with my Camino friends, and it was... Uh, like, what are the two chances days of... Two days ago, it was incredible. exactly one year that we started Camino, so we are having this little one-year uh, anniversary <laughs> celebration. You know, sometimes I'm like, you can think, you know, the Camino is like, you know, a thing happens. I was interviewing the another pilgrim the other day and she met a friend of mine that is a priest here. I'm like, what are the yeah. chances of this happening? Like, what are the chances that me contacting you about a couple of weeks ago? And what are the chances of doing the interview right now when you're in Mexico visiting your Camino friends? I'm like, the Camino is just weird in so many ways. Camino magic never stops. I know, and that's something that, you know, the people that walk like you and I, we know it. And and I'm like, with the Camino family, I'm like, I bet you're, you know, you travel all over the world. Anyone that can check your Instagram, I'm like, you've been all over. But having family all over the world and knowing that you can go and visit your Camino family all over is something that is just incredible. It's magic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if somebody thought, told me a year ago I'll be in a Mexico in a, in a beach with friends that I've met in Spain, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will bet against the Jeff. Same here. So I was asked the same question. Where, where are you from? You know, usually to get us a little background. And how did you find out about the Camino de Santiago? Uh, I live in Croatia. And I think the first time I heard about Camino was when I was about 13 years old. Uh, my dad brought a book from the library. I, I don't even remember which book it was, but it, it was a book about Camino. Uh-huh. And around the house, I just grabbed it and started reading. And I don't know, the moment I read a book, I, I knew that eventually at some point I, I will I will go. But as I said, I was 13 at the moment, so it wasn't happening in any near future. Yeah, near soon. And like 12 years after, it was the right moment. So how is the Camino in Croatia? Do a lot of, of your friends have walked the Camino? Is something, you know, that is a local thing, is getting more common, or is it still something undiscovered? No, I personally don't know anyone who did Camino. Only one, uh, she used to, I used to work for her. Uh, but we're also kind of friends, but she did the Portuguese route. So okay. she was the only, my boss was the only person I, I knew that did Camino. The only one in your whole around of friends, yes. co-workers, anybody. So still a new thing over there in Croatia. Very new. Yeah, even when I was yeah. telling people I'm doing Camino, almost nobody knew what, what it was about. Knew about it. That's incredible. That's one of the things that surprised me. You know, a lot of people that are like, but everyone knows about the Camino. I'm like, no, even also here in Spain, there's still people that don't have any idea about what the Camino de Santiago is. Yeah, no, it's not really a thing back home. So how did you decide it and, and why did you decide it a year ago to, to walk the Camino? To be honest, there wasn't any specific reason. Like everything was right. I, I was waiting, like mm-hmm. I told you, 13 years and I just knew that this was the time. Like this is when I need to go. So I was curious to see why I needed to go at that moment. Um, but it wasn't like something happened or I had a... Yeah, it was uh, just planned and situation no i just felt it's the right time to do it now perfect and how did you decide to do the camino frances i'm like knowing about your friends camino portuguese with all did you do a lot of research or were you one of those yes you know i'm just gonna do the the typical camino frances exactly no that was the the, the first camino i heard of was the camino frances and then obviously with researching i figured out there are uh, more routes but no this was the one that was calling me you know 
were you the kind of pilgrim that plans everything ahead or were you like you know i'm gonna go to shenzhen just one flight and whatever happens happens i have the time yeah exactly no no i'm definitely not the pilgrim that plans everything the only thing i had planned is a, a train ticket to come to san john and that, that was about it that's it not even the albergue in san john albergue in san john yeah i booked it on the way there because i started okay. freaking out that i'll be sleeping on the street <laughs> Uh, but that was the only one that I booked in advance. For, it is funny that you mentioned that because yesterday there were a lot of people in St. John, at least that's what I've been told, that sleeping on the street like this. You know, September has picked up a lot during the summer. We've seen that the Camino Frances has dropped the numbers a lot, but now it seems like September, October are kind of like the peak, I think, with the heat wave that we have the summer and everything. Okay. So it makes sense. So how was your arrival? Suddenly you are coming from Croatia, something that is totally unknown, and there you are in France, surrounded by... Probably a lot of pilgrims, but not many were still, you know, 2021. So during the COVID, it's still weird year. So how was the feeling of being there? No, the feeling was incredible already in the train. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> Freaking <laughs> out. And it was all becoming real, you know? And then uh, when we got off at the last station, there was only pilgrims obviously left in the train because uh, it's not a, uh, many people go visit San John. <laughs> Uh, so I know we were getting off the train and already in those first couple of minutes I was talking with people, meeting everybody, we were all going to same albergues. So from the moment one, like the Camino already started, you know, it, it didn't start with the start walking the next day, but already mm -hmm. on the train. And as you can see, you know, you've been all over the world, Greece, I'm like, I, if you check your Instagram, it's like, yeah, one of those persons I don't want to follow, just, you know, <laughs> get some jealous. But, You've been traveling. When you plan for the Camino, have you ever done anything hiking like that, such a long trail or such a hiking trip or was something new? No, to be honest, nothing similar. Camino was very unique, very, very unique experience for me. Uh, I travel a lot. Like you said, I've been to like 30-something countries, I believe, so far. But all mm. of that was a very different type of traveling. Camino is... How did you know, plan different. for something like this? And like, Did you research a lot on the Instagram? Did you research on uh, YouTube, whatever? No, for example, for Camino, I really didn't do any research because that summer I was working in a summer camp and I came home end of August and in like five days I was already traveling to Camino. So I didn't have any time to, to even Whatever plan. in the backpack and go. Exactly. I went shopping for all the gear I need and next day I was on the train. So it was really not planned. So then you start, you arrive in St. John. Finally, you know, everybody says that when you get to St. John is when you get that like pilgrim like a slap in the face i don't you're a pilgrim you see all these weird people that look at you they then you look at them you want to start a conversation but you're so afraid i'm like yeah where do i fit in it's for me it's one of the most funny places because you see people looking at each other without knowing who is with who trying to find a place and also when people when you travel by yourself and you did the camino by yourself so if you go with a group it's different but how was the whole thing of saint jan meeting people well, I always, most of the time I travel alone. So for me, that wasn't, I really enjoyed it. And for me, it wasn't uh, something that new. But I was also mm -hmm. very lucky that on the first day already in the Pyrenees, I met a girl from Croatia and she was already uh, hanging with the Mexicans that became my friends. So from the day one, we became a group that walked the whole Camino together. And nobody oh, really believed on on the, from day one to day 31, it was the same people around me. And nobody believed us that all the way along, that all the way we got well so so, so well along. Uh, so yeah, we were the same people with me from day one until <laughs> the last day of Camino. That's amazing. My, my Camino family, my first Camino was also, I met part of them on day, on day, yeah, on day one, I guess. It was right when we get to the to the Virgin in, uh, in Horizon, Paso Horizon. But 
what do you think? You know, a lot of people when we talk about the first day, they think, oh, all is on, it's a killer, it's too strong, it's too hard. What what do you think? <laughs> I, I mean, like I told you, I don't know. I, I didn't have this. Um, it, it was all very spontaneous, so it wasn't like planned. Have or any planned. idea what you were expecting? Exactly. If I walked all the way alone, I would also be fine with that. I, I didn't have any expectations that I have to meet someone uh -huh. or what people I want to meet. For me, whatever Camino brings me was the way it should be because I think that everybody's Camino is very different. So I wasn't trying to follow anybody's story, you know, that it has, mine yeah. has to be the same. And I think that's a beautiful part, you know, sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't happen. I guess if you do the Camino Frances, usually always, you know, you surround yourself with a group of more family, less family, but you're always in 30 days going to find someone that you kind of like gravitate around. But um, do you think the first day is, is as hard as people say, the going up to the to Frances Bias or not? Um, physically, it is challenging, but I think that all the adrenaline of, of the Camino, it just, you fly. Mm -hmm. But I was commenting with my friends. If that was like day five or day 10, I don't know how I would do it. But the first day, the excitement and the adrenaline just keeps you going. So nah, I think everyone can do it. I agree with you. I think the first day is the, the beauty. And also it gives a lot of meaning to, to the whole Camino, the suffering, the going. So it, it makes you go so slow that focus you and talk to people, meeting people. The faster will pass you, but the slower will be there. Then you have only really few spots to stop. And everybody also the next day, Everybody has to stop in Roncesvalles. Very few people continue. So the whole pilgrim community is there. Yeah. yeah. And no, how I was that right about Roncesvalles? I'm like, you've been traveling, but suddenly, you know, St. John is one thing, but when you get to Roncesvalles, it's like when you are like, okay, I'm a pilgrim now. I smell <laughs> all these people are around here. I get to need to go to an albergue. I need to figure out a place to eat. There is this pilgrim mass that they talk about. There is all these people that know each other, but don't know each other yet. So... Yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. It's a completely new feeling. Like you said, uh, you cannot compare it to any other traveling. I mean, hostels are kind of similar, but we are all there for different reasons. On Camino, you're all with mm -hmm. these group of people that have the same goal. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't need much when I'm traveling. I always try to do it as minimalistic as I can. So for me, Albergas were really not, not a problem. It was like a nice place to stay with everybody that you can meet and uh, that has something in common. So I really liked it. And then you start going to Pamplona, you know, a lot of people, they said, you know, and I think that the first day you were saying, you know, you go with adrenaline, but then the second day to Zubiri, that's usually where a lot of people, you know, they don't talk on YouTube, they don't talk on Instagram, but usually that's the hard day. <laughs> Zubiri, yeah, Zubiri was maybe, well, the second uh, most difficult day for me, because by the time we, get, we got there, I was uh, physically very, very, very exhausted already mm -hmm. with blisters. Uh, and the thing when we got there, there was no accommodation. Uh, wow. As we, we really didn't plan anything in advance. And I really felt like I cannot do one, one more meter and not like, I don't know how many kilometers were left to get to Pamplona. I don't remember. But like another 20 and I was like, no way, I'm going to sleep in yes. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, and in the end, like with the help of good people, we managed, we also had to separate because there were no enough spaces in one alberga. Uh, but like as we separated, we, we managed to find a, a bed. Like you said, it was still COVID time. So the thing is, in most albergues, they wouldn't let you sleep on the top bunk. Uh, mm -hmm. So we had to ask special permission for whoever was sleeping on the bottom one, if they're okay with us sleeping on the top one, uh, yeah. because it was kind of against the rules still. Uh, so that's yeah. how we found the recommendation. But yeah, like you said, the first day, the second day compared to the first one, for me, was much, much more difficult. 
Yeah, the first day you go with the with the adrenaline and this, and and it's hard. You go up and then you go down, and I don't know which way did you took down when you get down. Do you go the, through the road or do you get through the through the forest, the really steep forest one. Through the forest, but uh, not uh, not willingly. It was a mistake. <laughs> I have to say that it's more beautiful. I think it's more beautiful, but it, it is much harder on your knees and on your yeah. body for that one. You know, going with I hate walking with poles. I've never done it, so I don't know why I hate it. But I never done it. And but if you want to try. <laughs> And if you have some kind of issues, just take the road on the on the right side, and, and it will be much easier. But you know, Camino provides always for a reason. Exactly. So then you start going. You go to Pamplona for city, and then you go to the Alto de Perdón. How was the Camino at that point? Were you expecting that kind of feeling? Were you expecting that kind of like you know family, all those, or was what was the feeling? Yeah, getting to a bigger city was uh, a lot, a lot different because before that, San Juan and uh, and uh, Sesolia are very tiny places, and then you get to kind of a big city, and uh, I mean now you're officially in Spain, right? <laughs> you can experience mm -hmm. culture, you can see uh, locals, you can uh, taste the food and everything. Uh, so I, I have to say, I equally enjoyed being in the in the big cities and in the nature. Uh, it was good to take a break, you know, from every now and then from uh, being completely isolated for from mm -hmm. everything that's going on outside of, of Camino. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. We went uh, after we arrived. We went for a walk to explore a little. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I like both. And was that the, the Camino experience? You know, you're already on your day three, four. So was it what you expected? Was that because I think about that day is when you realize like, oh, this is what people talk about the Camino. I think a lot of people they still, uh, we don't know what is this, what is gonna like, you know. But I think when you start feeling that kind of like weird thing, oh, this is something cool. I, I mean, I fell in love with Camino from the very first second I was there, and it <laughs> everything that I imagined and much more. Uh, so I don't know, by day three, I was like, yeah, I'm here, and uh, this is it. I mean, there was, was no doubt. And what do you think, you know, if you've been traveling, as you were saying, all over, what is the difference of traveling, you know, by yourself to visit these places or whatever, to travel and doing the Camino? What are the main differences? Well, the Camino as an idea for me was co completely different. As, as I think I'll never ever uh, be able to compare any other traveling to that. Mm -hmm. Not even if I do another walking route, because Camino really has a special spirit and story behind it. Uh, but I don't know when you travel, you go. It's more about uh, going to see places and uh, meet locals, and uh, I don't know the, the type of encounters are very different. Mm -hmm. uh, here yeah. you're already surrounded by people that are doing the same thing as you, and it's kind of maybe easier to connect and easier to find uh, some similarities between between those people and you. And then, you know, when you keep going, you know, one of the things we say, you always broke the Camino in different chunks. You know, you have the first part that you work, you know, people say that you walk, you know, happy is when you discover, when you walk with your body, but suddenly you get to the meseta. And that's a place, you know, a lot of people and in forums, they start discussing like, if I feel tired, so like skip the meseta, you were saying that you will have blisters. How did you, you know, recover bodily, you know, your blisters, were you suffering by the time you get to the meseta? Were you thinking any day about quitting, taking a bus, or was there something that was never in the picture? Well, now this is weird. Meseta was absolutely my favorite part of Camino. <laughs> and I know I've heard, I've read uh, before that a lot of people quit or take a bus mm -hmm. or they're bored. And the whole time I was walking Meseta, I was thinking, how? I was really trying to understand. But for me, it was the most like beauty of nothingness. Like as far as you can yeah. see, there is nothing. And there was so much beauty in this simplicity. That once you see it, you cannot unsee it. So I was really, I really couldn't understand why someone doesn't like it. And for the body, it was definitely the easiest part to walk. My feet was already, uh, like you said, I was full of blisters in the first days. But at that point, I was already kind of used, <laughs> numb mm -hmm. to pain, I guess. 
Uh, so for me, it's all like straight. So I don't know, it's not challenging physically to walk. So for me, those days were just pure enjoying. There was no effort to put it was just like, yeah, doing the Camino. Yeah, I agree. A lot, a lot of people, they think, you know, that, you know, even I, I'm a runner, I do marathons and stuff like that, but even I do have blisters sometimes in the Camino, you know, the backpack is heavy and you have the marks of the backpack and you have pain. I'm like, everybody on the first week is going to go through that. It takes a while to your body to cover and also to get used to that. And I agree with you. I'm like, the meseta for me is one of the most beautiful parts of the Camino. Without the meseta, it's like the Camino lost, at least doing the whole Frances, lost the meaning. Yeah, exactly. Now, the thing with the blisters is that uh, I made a huge mistake, uh, which I was I, I kind of knew was going to happen. Uh, I bought my shoes for Camino uh, like two months before going. And okay. I was sure that for those two months, I'm going to wear them every day and they're going to be mm -hmm. well. <laughs> they're going to be ready. And then, like I told you, that summer I spent working in a summer camp and temperatures in summer in Croatia are like 38, 39 degrees. Wow. So I wore those shoes either once or top twice. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, they were brand new shoes by the time I started doing the Camino, which is the biggest mistake that a pilgrim can make. Mm -hmm. And I was aware of that. Uh, so already on the first day, like I told you, I got blisters. So the rest of my Camino, starting from day two, I walked in my uh, my chanclitas, my uh, sandals. Flip-flops, uh, yeah? Yeah, like a flip-flops, exactly. So for another 30 days, I was walking in the flip-flops. you walk on that all the time? On sandals, yeah, flip-flops. You know, rain, sun, uh, heels, <laughs> everything. And everyone thought I was a little crazy when they saw me, but uh, I really enjoyed it like that. I'm just looking at a picture here. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you were in... That's... Yeah, but you know, a lot of people, that they do it in, on, on sandals. You know, some of the Teba, I'm like, some of people. I have even seen pilgrims doing barefoot. So if you are used to... one of the, That's one of the things that I've always tried, you know, and I, and I know I'm sometimes a little too, you know, too focus on that is your yeah. camino some people go gray with boots usually it's not the best thing because the summer you know super hot and whatever not doesn't let your feet breathe yeah. but if you have ankle problems or whatever boots are perfect if you have sandals and you're used to that that's amazing and they will work but it's just finding an average yeah. pilgrim any hiking running trail runner that is light and breathable that's the perfect usually suit for everyone but again that's the average you know but everyone is different so for you it worked perfect with the sandals yeah. With I socks mean, or I, no socks? Uh, socks, of course. <laughs> yeah, and I, I figured like people uh, spend so much time researching, trying to find the perfect equipment and spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, that's the perfect excuse. No, I don't have enough money to invest in a gear or to whatever. And in the end, Camino can be so plain that you walk in a, in a, in a flip-flops and you do it anyway. So if you really want, I mean, there is nothing that, that can stop you. And that's also, I think, right now, you know, we have this in Europe, you have here Decathlon that you can have really good, you know, hiking shoes and hiking gear yeah. for a really good price. You don't have to go for a big run. If you're going to use it, you're a normal hiker, invest because that, you know, they're going to last you better. And of course, they have better support. But if just something that you try, as you say, there's no excuse to go to the Camino backpack. You can get a backpack of 30 euros, shoes the same for 30 euros. You can get something that allows you to walk and I think that's one of the beauties also. The Camino is easy and everyone can really afford at least to go for a little bit to the Camino. Yeah. So how was it? You would say that you were having your Camino family of three. Did you, I'm like, in this year, the, was there many Camino people? Were there people that tried to join your family or were you just the three of you, just kind of like the perfect group and you were all together all the way? Well, on some different parts, some other people did join. It was a couple of us that stayed together from day one. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but there was also a, a girl from Slovakia that joined us uh, every now and then, which is uh, one of, still one of the most important people for me on the Camino, although she wasn't with us all the time. Like uh -huh. I told you, the Croatian girl that I met on the first day, but we separated along the way. Uh, there were some people from Germany, Lithuania, I mean, from all over the world, and then we share a couple of days together, and then we, we part the ways. But the, me and the Mexicans, we walked the whole community together. It's so funny. Were you able to have that kind of like the, the you know, the pilgrim dinner? So during this year where the kitchens and albergues mostly closed and you will have to go to bars and restaurants? No, everything was working normally. Uh, menu del dia <laughs> every day. <laughs> uh, so everything was, yeah, it was like, like Camino should be all the albergues. Uh, we stayed in albergues all, all the nights and mm -hmm. had uh, we ate in the pilgrim places uh, all the time. So there was no That's need amazing. to eat the restaurants or anything. Was this the first time for you in Spain or have you ever been in Spain before? No, I've been to Spain before. I visited Madrid, Toledo, Barcelona, and I think that's it. So the main ones, you haven't never been in the places that you were in the Camino? No, yeah, it was completely different. I mean, uh, of course, you cannot compare the little uh, pueblitos that you pass uh, with a big city like Barcelona. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it because it was the same country, but a whole new experience. So that was the, that's my question was, well, I'm like, you know, in the Camino, that's, I think, one of the beautiful things of the Camino Frances that allows you to be in nature, allows you time to think to yourself, but also this, you know, the cultural aspect, you know, we have cities like Burgos, Leon, Pamplona, Logroño, and you also have all those little villages that have so much to see. I'm like, for you, coming from someone that has traveled so many places, how was the Camino, you know, and all that cultural aspect? I'm like, how did you do? Because a lot of people, you know, when they come to Spain at the end, they arrive to the alberg and they do nothing. I'm always trying to encourage people, you know, visit the town, you know, maybe not go to a museum, but try to visit the church, get a little of the local history there. You know, of course, every time we arrived, uh, the first thing after getting the food was exploring. But also the first, I think about the first 10 days, uh, there was a friend, I have a friend from Spain. Uh, he also speaks Croatian. <laughs> and we met wow. while he was traveling in Croatia and we stayed in touch for years. So he joined me for Camino to do the first uh, couple days with me. Uh, so he is a local, so he was in every place, he, or along the way, he was explaining me everything. Uh, so I can, had kind of like a personal guide for that two, two, <laughs> two weeks or so. Uh, so that definitely added a whole new level to the Camino. So what were your favorite days of the Camino, you know, in terms of the whole distance still you were? Like, if you have to choose perfect days or perfect cities, what were the ones that you were more surprised about it? Oh my gosh. The, uh, Regarding like the intensity of emotions, the first and the last day are definitely uh, that's yeah open. totally. But then all of them in between were amazing as well. I don't I don't know like every day had some a different uh, a little different signals, different stories, different encounters, uh, and for me that's the 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 point of Camino. So every day had had a little something. That's cool. And you know then suddenly as we were saying, you know, you start passing the meseta, then you feel the arrival into Galicia. Everything changes, the weather changes, you have this first super steep up to Monte Cerrado, and then you start feeling that you're almost there. How was the feeling, you know, after so long walk, also the COVID, and then like, oh, this is almost over. A very bittersweet, <laughs> in a way you're really proud and you're getting there and you're almost done. But on the other hand, you really don't want it to end. At that point, you're mm -hmm. so into that and you really uh, accepted that as a lifestyle and you're enjoying so much. And for me, it was really, uh, for like three days in advance, I was crying. <laughs> like, I mean, I said, <laughs> we were not even in Santiago yet. So uh, very bittersweet. And how was the arrival to Santiago? Oh, very special, very emotional. I mean, just watching all the people there and uh, like some are laughing, some are crying, some are celebrating, you know, everybody's taking pictures. 
and then you're like, oh my gosh, it's done. Like you cannot believe you look back and you, I, like it's like look how far you've come, you know. Across a whole country walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I always ask, you know, the question. I, you know, a lot of people they say the Camino changed you. Did the Matea that start, you know, walking in San Diego change to the Matea that arrived into Santiago? Ah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I think it's impossible uh, to walk Camino and not change if if you do it that way. You did something wrong, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So you definitely, I mean, when you look back, uh, when we got to Finis, we, we didn't walk to Finisterra, but we uh, we took a bus. Yeah, I was looking to see and just being there and like processing everything that happened in the past month. And I was thinking how in the in the past people think that this is the end of the world, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking kind of for the pilgrims, it kind of is, you know, at least the world as we knew it before, uh, it yeah. kind of ended, so. It's so funny because we, when I arrived there with my friends, we always, you know, this is the world love, we know it. And, you know, that was kind of like the song from, from Fisterra. As we walked to Santiago, it was like the go west. And mm -hmm. then to go to Fisterra, it was like, this is the end of the world love, we know it. And, and it's true because, you know, this may sound like a cliche, but it really starts a new way of thinking. You know, you are now hooked to the Camino in a way that, you know, I'm like, look at you, you're in Mexico right now, visiting friends from the Camino, mm -hmm. your Camino family. Talking no, about here. whole life. Like it changes on so many levels that you never expected to affect those parts of your life, but it really becomes I don't know. It adds a whole new layer on your personality, on your life. And for you, someone that is you know so used to travel alone, and you were saying you know nowadays a lot of no a lot of girls, women out there are scared of traveling alone. What can you tell them you know in terms of the Camino and also in terms of going abroad to any other place from your experience? From Camino, safety was really never a concern. A lot of people ask me if I was not scared or is it not dangerous. Mm -hmm. I really don't see how anything on Camino could be dangerous. I mean, you're always constantly with other people. And I really didn't have any unpleasant experience in that way. So I really don't see that as something uh, like courageous or brave to go on Camino mm -hmm. by yourself. And I really don't think that any girl or woman should be afraid to do it by herself. I mean, like you said, it's almost impossible to not meet anyone or, or form a group or something. So eventually you're not going to be by yourself. Yeah. But even if you are, you're passing through well-known routes, through the little villages, through, through towns, constantly surrounded with people. So really, and people that come on Camino have different, uh, I mean, they, they, they're there for a reason. So it's not that they're looking to, to cause you any trouble. Uh, and when traveling abroad, I mean, I don't know, I just use your common sense, uh, be cautious and uh, you, you'll be fine. I mean, just... The, the fear is the only thing that you need to, uh, you just, I don't know, once that you're over over that and not, anything, nothing really ever happened to me, so. As I think usually, you know, things can happen anywhere. So I guess, you know, yeah. when you start traveling, I think this is the best way to use money and time. And now, you know, after two years of being in our houses, I think, like when I, you know, I have friends and when I went to Mexico, I'm like, why are you going to Mexico? You're going to get, you know, kidnapped. I'm like, you can, anything can happen. You know, you can die in the sour when you are anything. But exactly. once you travel and you enjoy, you realize that, as you say, you know, common sense, taking precautions, exactly. letting someone always know where you are and kind of things just in case and having that mm -hmm. connection with your family or friends. Exactly. But if you let the fear stop you from everything, I mean, you cannot live like that. So. No. And, and that's the worst thing. We have to live. Exactly. And be alive. So you finish your Camino there, you're now visiting your Camino family in Mexico. Do you have any Caminos in the future or was that a once in a lifetime experience? Well, that's still a huge debate going on in my head because I really enjoyed it so much that mm -hmm. I would love to do it again. But on the other side, my, my Camino was so perfect that I'm not sure if I want another memory. You know, I <laughs> wanted want to stay as it is. So I'm really not, not sure still if I would like to do it one day again or not. 
Uh, there's many Caminos, different, many different experiences. So who knows? You know, they're always, uh, they always say that Camino Frances, your first one is always that, you know, experiences exactly. for me. You know, I can, I can tell you my, my first Camino was incredible is that experience. But all the different Caminos that I work after that, they are different in so many ways. The group of people that you find that also, you know, when I did the Portuguese, it was much an older crowd, people that have walked more Caminos. So you have different experience. I walk some Caminos that I've been by myself, almost just talking to locals, and I was the only people that I can talk. So I don't know, just, you know, as a traveler, I, I, I would encourage you to you know, maybe look for something different. Maybe another Camino somewhere else, you know, there's Caminos all over the world. Probably there's a Camino Santiago in Croatia, who knows? Uh, we do have one uh, on the island of Kirk, which is right across where oh. I live. Uh, but to be honest, I, I don't like uh, how, how no. it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's more uh, to exploit the money than to, like, that there is no real story behind it, you know. Then there is many other Caminos, you know, in, in Europe and, and worldwide for you to enjoy. So I'm yeah. sort of, you know, and that's the thing, you know, the Camino sometimes calls you, sometimes it's not, and that's the beauty. Exactly, yeah. Anyway, Matea, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people would love to, and, you know, they can follow you on Instagram and ask you any questions that they have. Look at the amazing pictures. Okay. And as we were talking, you know, don't be afraid. Just go make the first step and you will realize how incredible this Camino is and how incredible life is when you travel, no? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matea. Buen camino, Ultrella. Buen camino.